two scriptures that I read in 2012. And when I read those scriptures, I didn't know that it was going to have an impact on on our campus in 2017 and 18 and 19 and beyond. And so it was one of those times when I would say that Jesus was preparing me for what was going to happen as we launched the campus. In 2012, there was no plan, at least in my mind, for having a campus in Mount Laurel and so or anywhere. So as I was reading these verses and finding out these things about these verses, uh, it was an inspiration to me, but I didn't know why. And I would suggest that the reason that I was reading those verses is that it was beginning to, in, uh, God was beginning to internalize these ideas and these things in my head and in my heart. So in, um, in 2012, when I was reading from Matthew, uh, Jesus tells a lot of stories. And when Jesus tells stories, there was always a point to those stories. There was always a, this is, there's, there's something else going on. And the challenge with those stories is a lot of times what was, he was saying in the first century made perfect sense to the first century listener. But in the 21st century, uh, a lot of times we can miss some of the subtle messages that Jesus is making as he's giving these stories. And so this is one of those places where if we just read this with the 21st century mindset, we'll miss out on a lot of this. Uh, Jesus always told stories when he would speak, and almost every story Jesus told had a farming component to it because in the first century, almost everybody were farmers. Is there anyone here in the room who's a farmer? Okay, so you see the challenge then, right? So as 21st century thinkers, we're not farmers. And so sometimes we have to look at what was Jesus trying to say. So if you have Bibles with you, uh, in Matthew chapter 13, there are two short stories that I want to read to you. The first one is uh, Matthew chapter 13, beginning with verse 30, uh, 31. So Matthew says that this is an illustration that Jesus told. Here's another illustration that Jesus used. Jesus would say to people, he would say, The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. Now Jesus talked a lot about the kingdom of heaven. He would say two things. He would sometimes say the kingdom of heaven is here. And he sometimes would say the kingdom of heaven is near. Sometimes it's here. Sometimes it's near. I was always trying to figure out what did he mean when he said the kingdom of heaven is here. And other times he would say to folks the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, because we're making this up as we go along, I'm going to let you participate so what do you think? Why do you think Jesus would sometimes say the kingdom of heaven is here? And other times he said the kingdom of heaven is near. Any thoughts? Shout it out, Cheryl. Okay, all right. When, when, when two or three are gathered together, the scriptures say that the... the that God is with us, so, so when God is with us, the kingdom is here, okay? Anyone else? Okay, so how, how would that impact the kingdom being here or near? Because he was the kingdom. Okay. He was the way to the kingdom. 
Okay? This is another one of those things that we don't understand fully. Do we have kings around here? No, right? right? So when the king is present, right, the king is large and in charge, right? The kingdom is here. So when Jesus was in present, he would say, the kingdom is here. When he would tell his disciples, he would say to them, go and announce the kingdom is near. Jesus, Jesus's presence is coming into that place. So as we, as men and women of faith, as we are moving out into places where the church isn't or where followers of Jesus are not, we have opportunity to be bringing the kingdom with us. And then he gives us this further example. So he says, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. Anybody ever seen a mustard seed? What's it look like? Very tiny, very tiny. Did you know that it is not the tiniest seed, though? There's actually tinier seeds. There is a, um, uh, 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 forgive me, I'm going to tell you, the orchid seed and the cypress seed were smaller than the mustard seed. So when Jesus uses the mustard seed is the point he's trying to make. I think there may be another message here. So the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It is the smallest of all seeds. I'm not exactly sorry, Jesus. But it becomes the largest of garden plants and grows into a tree. Now the mustard seed, remember he's talking to farmers. People who understand seeds. People who understand how crops grow and understand how things happen. And he's talking to people who live in the first century. Did you know that the mustard seed is considered to be a nuisance to first century farmers? The mustard seed was a weed. No one who was a farming, had a farming plot where they would grow some plants and vegetables and they would then sell those or trade those with other folks who were growing different, uh, different vegetables. You never wanted mustard seeds because mustard seeds, when they got into your garden, would spread everywhere and they would overtake an area. And so it was considered an illegal seed. It was an illegal weed. See where I'm going there? As a matter of fact, the first century historian Pliny the Elder said this. With its pungent taste and fiery effect, mustard is extremely beneficial for the health. It grows entirely wild, though it is improved by being transplanted. But on the other hand, when it has once been sown, it is nearly impossible to get the place free of it. As the seed, when it falls, germinates at once. So Jesus tells people, the kingdom of heaven is, is like an illegal weed that once it gets into the soil, it can't be eradicated and it spreads and spreads and spreads and it can't be stopped. So, in 2018 and 2019, we started planting seeds. And we started 
planting seeds that sometimes we were wondering if anybody was even noticing. So we started going to Fall Festival in Mount Laurel, and we started going to Chick-fil-A, and they became our best friends because everybody loves Chick-fil-A. And we began talking to people about what it would be like to have a church in Mount Laurel. And some people said to me when I was having these conversations, they said, why would you have a church in Mount Laurel? There are already like 27 churches in Mount Laurel. And there were folks who would say, hey, since you're coming to Mount Laurel, you probably want to meet the other pastors, so they have a pastor's group that meets, and you can meet with them. And I politely said, I really don't want to meet other pastors. I would like to meet people that don't go to church. Because the kingdom of God is like a seed that begins to spread and begins to make an impact in its community, and it can't be eradicated. Now, then Jesus says this. It's the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants and grows into a tree. The mustard seed would get so big that it actually would, would become the size. What are those, Kelly, what are those trees that we have in our backyard? Rose, who? Bamboo. Yeah, but we have Rosa Sharon. Is that it? Yeah, you know, Rosa Sharon's, you know what they are, right? They're almost like a mustard seed. Because if you look right now in this one section of our yard that I haven't cared for lately, because it wouldn't be Kelly's job, it would be mine. Uh, in that section, there are these little shoots all around the Rosa Sharon because they're just spreading all over the place. But we have one that's like 30 feet tall in the back of our yard. So it turns into a tree, right? So that's how the, the uh, mustard seed, would, it would grow into a small bush and then eventually grow into a tree, all right? So then Jesus says this, but it becomes the largest of garden plants and grows into a tree where birds can come and find shelter in its branches. Birds, in this instance, were again a nuisance. So as we are beginning this campus, as we're in year two of this campus in Mount Laurel, one of the things that we have been uh, very clear about, and Hope has been clear about this for its 28 years history, is we're not interested in having people from other churches be part of, we don't want to take people from somebody else's church and bring them into our church. That's what pastors call transfer growth, all right? So you're really not adding to the kingdom. You're just taking, you're just repopulating like statistics, right? What we're interested in doing is seeing people from other, who are not part of churches begin to be part of our community. Like birds that have no place to be. So we're this illegal weed that's growing and is landing and birds have a place to settle. So if we were doing this in the 21st century, rewriting this story, Jesus, if Jesus were telling the story in the 21st century, he might say that we are like dandelion seeds. Ever try to buy dandelion seeds? Nobody wants them. Uh, the kingdom of God, Jesus might say in the 21st century, is like a computer virus. Once it gets in there, unknowingly it begins 
to impact other computers. Or the kingdom of God might be like the flu. It spreads and it becomes epidemic in proportions. So this parable that Jesus tells is highly controversial in the first century, okay? You would not talk about mustard seeds in a garden, and you would want it to grow. And you certainly wouldn't compare the kingdom of heaven to something like that, but yet Jesus does. Then he goes on, all right? He tells this other story. He also used this illustration. It's verse 33. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. What do we know about yeast? Anybody bake bread? No, no bread bakers? A few? All right, all right. Scott in the back bakes bread. That's terrific. Thank you for participating, Scott. Uh, so, uh, all right, so let's go first, yeast in the first century. Yeast in the first century was something used to leaven bread, make bread rise, right? So we use it the same way. Uh, but did you know that when the, whenever the Israelites were gathering for a holy festival, uh, whenever they were gathering for a religious ceremony, one of the things they would do is they'd have to clean out their homes of yeast, right? Especially on the Passover. On Passover, uh, they would actually do a complete cleaning from the ceiling to the floor to make sure there was no yeast in the house because they would use unleavened bread. Why was it so important to make sure there was no yeast in the house? Any thoughts? What happens with this when there's the smallest amount of yeast? What does yeast do? It rises. How does it rise? It's multiplying, right? It's duplicating, right? So it's a fungus. It's a microorganism, right? Did you know it does this? When, the, when you put yeast into bread dough, it eats the sugars in the dough, and it converts the sugars into carbon dioxide, and it puts bubbles into the bread, and that's how it makes the dough, and that's what makes it rise. Now, did you hear what I just said? It eats the sugars and makes air. It's gassy. <laughs> you see that? So Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is like yeast used by a woman making bread. Even though she uses a large amount of flour, the yeast permeates every part of of the dough. So what is Jesus trying to teach? What was Jesus preparing me for? What is Jesus trying to teach us in this, in these parables? When someone becomes a part of life in the kingdom of God, they desperately want others to experience it as well. And a seed is planted inside of them, and they quickly become weed-like. And the places that they go, and the people that they meet, and the stories that they tell become stories of faith and stories of inspiration. And sometimes, without even knowing it, the kingdom of God becomes planted 
and multiplied and moved. That the church is responsible for bringing the kingdom of God, bringing Jesus into parts of the world that aren't touched yet by church. That it's not about the church hiding together and showing up on Sunday just to huddle, but it's about the church going out. See, church isn't just about Sunday, it's about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday. The church gathers on Sunday, but the church is alive every day of the week. Planting the kingdom of God means we do it without much notice, but our impact is overwhelming. And so, the reason that we are doing these events like Chick-fil-A, we're going to do a once-a-month Chick-fil-A event once a month, uh, Chick-fil-A does an arts and crafts. Uh, they do it every week, right? Every, every week, they, Chick-fil-A does this event, and they've, we've, <laughs> we've, we've weaseled our way in uh, to once a month, it's Hope doing this event for Chick-fil-A. And why would we do that? Because everybody loves Chick-fil-A, right? I mean, for crying out loud, it's chicken on a bun with pickles, right? I mean, you can't go wrong, right? right? I mean, and waffle fries. Like, they're just, just genius, right? And, and they're iced tea, and you mix it with a little bit of lemonade. Yeah, golden. That's my, that's my meal right there. They love it, right? Our people love it. People aren't necessarily so keen on the church. And why is that? Because the church, at times, has not done a great job of promoting itself, in a sense. And so what do we do? We're going to go places like Chick-fil-A, and once a month, we're going to meet the people that love Chick-fil-A, and we're going to do a craft project with them, and we're going to be planting mustard seeds and spreading some yeast, spreading the flu, <laughs> and hoping that we impact the community around us. So why do we do things like uh, par partner with the community center, right? We, uh, uh, we, we did a, they do a, what was that thing we did, Santa? They have a Santa event, and they had 800 people come through this building, kids and families. And Bill Walenda was making reindeer food, and somebody else, who else made reindeer food? Jim, Jim in the back made reindeer food. Yeah, now why would you make reindeer food? Why would you do that? Because it was, people love reindeers. And it was about planting seeds and weeds that we pray will spread throughout the community. So when we promoted our Christmas Eve service on Facebook, we called it the Mount Laurel Community Christmas Eve service. And uh, people said, is that okay? And I said, sure, why not? <laughs> it was sponsored by Hope Church at the Mount Laurel Community Center. Because I, don't, I want people to come because of the seeds that have been spread. And I want people to be a part of something that their community, they believe their community is part of. And we're part of their community. So the main thing that leads people to decide to enter the kingdom of God is not big events or sermons 
or church services in a community center. It's something that happens in the context of relationships. See, it's not a stranger coming up and sharing about Jesus. Uh, that almost never works. Uh, it doesn't work when bullhorns are presented on corners and people shout into bullhorns, right? You've ever seen or heard that? And I'm always bothered by that. Seeds are planted and weeds are spread and yeast infiltrates through relationships. It happens when someone who's part of the kingdom of God starts loving someone who's not in the kingdom of God. Someone at work or at school. And it's when that someone begins to build a friendship and they begin to invest in that relationship. And that person is someone that we care about. And we care enough that there, a level of trust begins to grow. And they start having conversations with us. And the conversations increasingly turn to matters of faith. First, it might be about life. And then it turns into this spiritual conversation. And then it can become a conversation about God and Jesus. And the person in the kingdom of God is listening as much or maybe even more than they're talking. And maybe at some point, the person who's in the kingdom of God will invite their friend to come and experience a taste of what it is like to be part of the kingdom of God. And so that might be an invitation to a Chick-fil-A event. It might be an invitation to a small group. It might be an invitation to come join them on Sunday morning. Would you want to come and check out my church? I think you'd be surprised. I think you'd really like it. See, it's all about going viral. It's about doing the ordinary with intentionality. All of Jesus' stories were very ordinary in first century languages. In first century, it was no, there was no, there was no, nothing unique, nothing special. He just talked about the ordinary sheep, farms, seeds. It's simply you and I living life, being the kingdom of God to people around us. So those are my thoughts. Those are the things that inspired me in 2012, and I began journaling and writing about them and not knowing that it was something that God was going to put on our hearts in 2017 and 18 and 19 and beyond. So will you stand with me for closing prayer? And then we'll leave here, and I will pray that we will begin to be like illegal weed spreading throughout our communities. So let's pray together. And so God, I thank you for these men and women. I thank you, God, for this time that we've had to be together. And I pray, God, that as you uh, continue to work in and through us, God, that we would be the kingdom of God here, now. And the God that in our homes and in our neighborhoods and in our schools and in our workplaces, God, that we would know that we have opportunity to influence. And that, God, we have opportunity to spread like weeds. And change the world around us.
making the world a better place, introducing people to a faith in Jesus, and bringing the kingdom of God here now. God, that's, I pray that that would be our desire. And God, I pray that you would give us the skill and the opportunity. And we pray all these things in the name of Jesus. In Christ's name we pray, amen. amen. You guys have a great day.